Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. Count my nose, smoke up. I'm from California. Where you from? So what? I'm from California. California. This is Los Angeles. Where we going? Westward, ho. What up, y'all? It's your boy BTG, BTG for president. So I just recently, well, I just finished watching the show, The Shy, the pilot show, dope show. I loved it. Uh, it had a, it had a bit of a, a wire taste to it. The wire, you know, I seen a little bit of the wire in it. You know, two cats getting shot in, in the first episode. Uh, it, it's about to be one of those. You know, hopefully we can get. Uh, you know, if it, if this can go a, a little bit deeper than a wire, then that would be cool. You know what I mean? But, you know, first I got to figure out, I got to figure out the story mode. You know, it's only the first pilot. As of right now, you could tell it's one of those, everybody's connected in somehow, uh, like a domino effect type of thing. So we'll see. We'll see. I thought, I thought the first pilot was dope, but it sparked an idea. You know, being... Um, from Los Angeles, Southern California, uh, Southern Los Angeles, rather, um, born in Inglewood, raised on the east side and the west side. That show, well, prior to this show, I was thinking about this as an idea, but the show really cemented on what I wanted to do. And that's kind of like a series or different volumes of me explaining how I grew up in L.A. You know, things that I've experienced, that I've seen, uh, the stories that I've heard this, that, and the third, you know, maybe a few episodes I'll have, you know, some of my friends come in as guests and we can all share our, our, our experiences together, living and, you know, partying and things like that in LA. One thing you got to understand about Southern California, this is it. Overall, Southern California is small, but it's huge. You know, we'll, we'll throw out a gang of cities and all these cities are different, man. All of them, you know, from Inglewood, Compton, Watts, you know what I'm saying? South Central, West L.A., you know, you got places like, the, you know, the Valley. You have cities with inside the Valley, but the Valley is the Valley. You know, that's that's you got to get on the 405 to get to the Valley from where I mean, we usually use the 405. That's one of our main freeways out here. You got the 10 freeway, the 110. The 110 freeway divides the east and the west, basically. You know, once you pass that 110 freeway, um, you're heading west. You you could drive all the way to the goddamn waters, going straight down Manchester, <laughs> you know. So you go as far as west, that's Santa Monica, Venice Beach, and then on your way back, Going towards the east, it starts to get a little bit more grimy. So it's really grimy on the east side of L.A. Now, the west side um, is bad, but it gets it gets better as you go further west. Let's put it like that. A little bit cleaner, you know, different type of like, I'm going to be honest with you, different type of chicks, you know. Um, and that's because of the scenery of the areas and things like that. It's crazy, man. Like uh, I went to, I went to a few different schools. Uh, I only went to one high school. I went to two different middle schools. 
uh, one in Compton and uh, the other one on the east side. And, you know, this, you know, this is what raised me. I had to deal with the gang culture from time to time. That was very difficult. Um, it started really, the gang cultures really start, or I, I guess, I, I guess you could say I started paying attention. See, I was always around it, but I never really paid attention to it because I was a kid and I was used to it. So being around it so much and growing into it, you don't really, you don't really like understand what's going on. You just know that you hear gunshots or you see this, you see this group of cats, they all got one color some way, somehow, different fashions and shit like that. And then on this side of the, on this side of the block or down the street, you'll have, you know, there's, you know, but I, I will say this, most of these gangs had an, had an area. So it wasn't like, you know, when we say one on one block, you have this game on the next block, you'll have this gang. It wasn't really like that. Uh, they, you know, these cats had areas and they knew they areas and it all came down to banging your flag and the drug game, you know, um, out of 35 years, I've been banged on a lot, but I've never been, I've never been pressured into game banging. So you will hear some stories where cats is like, yo, um, you know, I was born into this or I was raised in this gang and stuff like that. And, and it's true, you know, because I went to elementary with some cats that was game banging. And now that I think about it at 35, when I look at kids in elementary, I'm like, yo, I, I, I was really running around or I was really at schools with young cats. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old game banging. But at the time, it was like it was official. You know, um, now that I'm older, I'm like, and especially where I live at now, looking at my son, you know, we're not around that anymore. Uh, we did our best to keep them away from it and things like that. But as far as me and my wife and the homies and things like that, we was around it every day. And the crazy part about it is, you know, in some family, in some families, you know, the gang culture is inside the family. You know, I mean, we're talking about the father, the mom, you know, the uncles, even the grandfather and the grandmas, they all bang, you know, not in my family, but I'm just saying in general, you'll have some families like that. So the youngsters that's coming up, they had no choice. They literally had no choice unless they grew up on some Kawhi Leonard shit or some, uh, some 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 Lonzo Ball shit where they was like introverts, didn't talk that much, and they did their own thing. Man, they ended up game banging, you know. Um, and it's a crazy thing because Cats was really out here banging for a block, banging for a color. And in the midst of all that, in the midst of all these war zones, you had kids like me walking to school, trying to hoop, this, that, and the third. And then you know, my mom being a single parent at the time. Uh, being a single parent, period. My mom never got married. You know what I mean? And she didn't, she was born and raised in LA, but somehow she avoided all that gang shit. And I knew she did because she moved us in all the fucking gang areas. Like everywhere that was infested with gangs, that's where she moved us. But she didn't, it didn't like, it didn't bother her. It wasn't no concern to her because her thing was, I got to work, I got to put a roof over their head, and they got to go to school, no matter where they at. At one point, bro, in my life, I've stayed off of Grape Street. I stayed off of Cedar Block. 
Let me tell you like that. Let me tell you like this. Those are two totally different flags I just said. And those are like infamous blocks. Grape Street. You can look that up. Everything that I say as far as gangs, you can Google that shit and it'll pop right up. Google get Grape Street. And you can go ahead and Google Cedar Block, uh, Pyru Street, all these, all of it, all of it. So, you know, I, I, I stayed in these areas. Uh, like I said, moms was single parent, you know, went to school. I was an average student. You know, my older brother, he stayed with his dad up until up until he graduated high school. And then my younger brother, he was always in the household with me. And uh, it was mainly me and him in the house with my mom at the time before my before my older brother moved over there. And then, uh, you know, like I said, I stayed on both the west side and the east side. I stayed down the street from World on Wheels. You can look that up. That infamous uh, um, skating ring had a lot of had a lot of shootouts outside in the parking lot. Schoolyards. That's a gang too. Um. You know, I used to go a couple of times. I wasn't in there a lot, but, you know, birthday parties and sometimes we would go on a random mission just to go skating. I was never a good skater, but I could blade. Um, yeah, that part, Mid-City. Uh, I was also a part of the 92 riots. <laughs> we had one of the biggest riots uh, over there in Mid-City at the time. I think it's still called Mid-City. And, um, yeah, it was a whole plaza they burned down from the supermarket which was a Ralph's uh, for all you East Coast cats. That's like a Kroger. So definitely, um, you know, I remember going with my brother. I was riding on the handlebars and my older brother was riding us down the hill to go to the um, to go to the plaza. And we went into one of those uh, pop up shops, you know what I'm saying, where they had the remember the ball shirts. <laughs> I didn't have the the Hugo Ball shirts, right? I thought I was getting a Hugo Ball shirt, but it wasn't a Hugo Ball shirt. It was just one of those. It was like a meme ball shirt that had a duck on it. And we stole that. Um, I remember going inside of a jury shop with my older brother. And this this joint is like, it's like on fire. It's smoke everywhere. And it's catching there, getting jewelry. And I remember, I remember going inside with my brother, and it was one glass case that wasn't touched yet, and it still had jewelry in it. And I seen my brother walking towards it, and then another guy came out of nowhere, like big husky type dude, and he socked the glass on the side, right? He socked his hand through the glass and then slid it all the way across to the other side. So he definitely lost a lot of blood. But he gained a lot of jury. I don't know. He could have died that night, you know, <laughs> but he definitely did that. He took every piece of jewelry with that one swipe. Now, nigga could have made a mistake and cut his vein or something like that. But that nigga definitely got away with that jury on our way out. I'll never forget. I can't remember her face, but it was a girl. She looked like she was probably about three or four years older than me at the time. Well, just in 92, I was 10 years old, 10 years old in the middle of a riot, right? I remember this girl. She looked like she's about 12 or 13. She was in there as well. So we was coming out and, you know, the um, the gate was all bent up and it was mangled and things like that. It's the gate that you pull together. You can pull apart. 
And it was just, it was, it was dysfunction and rearranged and all kind of shit. And I just remember coming out and as we were coming out, the girl was getting out and the gate came down on her shoulder and it was like a big old gash in her shoulder. I remember that was very vivid. Um, we went to the supermarket. There was cars inside the supermarket. This is the 92 rides. There's cars inside the supermarket going up and down the aisle. Now, we couldn't grab too much stuff because we was just on a BMX bike. Remember BMX bike? And I was on a handlebar. So what the crazy part about it is in that same plaza right next to it was a police station. But the police was told to evacuate and get out the area because it was just too much chaos. That was crazy. So I didn't realize that to my brother had told me later on that I remember it was a police uh, police station there, but there was no police officers around. And granted, you know, this is the 92 riots. They were rioting everywhere, not just mid city. They was it was everywhere. You know, it popped off on that famous on floor off of Florence and Western, uh, you know, where old boy got hit with the brick. Everybody's seen that he got hit with the brick. And, um, you know, he got snatched out of his big wheeler, (laughs) 18-wheeler, my bad. And uh, so, you know, you needed police pretty much everywhere in Southern California. They didn't go to the rich cities. They tried. They tried. A couple of cats got caught. I think it might be a documentary or a story or something like that of a cat that tried tried something in Beverly Hills. Um, You know, you couldn't go to... These, these, you know, the Bel Air, Westwood, uh, Beverly Hills, Torrance, maybe Carson. Those are cities that you're not going to go and mess up because any place where there's white people with money, you definitely not going to mess them joints up. So all these places that we were destroying at the time, you guessed it, it was in the black neighborhoods. And it seemed like they let us destroy that shit before they wanted to come in and things like that. Uh, allegedly we knew somebody that's (laughs) allegedly we knew somebody that was on live TV that, uh, was in a getaway car getting away with some shit and dropping some shit, uh, on the way of getting away. But that's allegedly, um, yeah, man. And I remember, I remember, man, the, the whole thing was, you know, it was the Rodney King thing and things like that. So people were pissed off. Black people was pissed off, started setting shit on fire. That's when we had beef with uh, with the Koreans in the neighborhood. And we tore their food up. And, those were, and they owned everything. And we set everything on fire. Set everything on fire. Um, after that, man... Um, I think we moved, you know, maybe a couple of years later. The crazy part is, like I said, the more west you go, the more you're going to be around white people and things like that. That part of the west side that I was at, that I was at, it wasn't that that bad of an area, but it was still, you know, you had gangs here and there, but we're not talking about the east side, you know what I'm saying? Because our neighbors were some old white folks that had this dog and this cat. But, you know, in the neighborhood, it was typical blacks and Hispanics in the area. Um, So, yeah, that was uh, that was back in 92. In the 90s, though, um, you know, that was game banging central. You know, I know it, it, it was crazy in the 80s. Man, growing up in the 80s, all I could smell and remember was Jerry curls. 
it was Jerry curls everywhere, my nigga. I'm talking about Jerry curl bags, the goddamn curl activator, and the yellow and red uh, container. Come on, man! And that bag, your pillow, it, every pillowcase in the middle was greasy. Every pillowcase. Um, it was a couple of times. It was a couple of times I cheated death. My little brother at the time, I think he was like two or three. Um, my mom worked the overnight shift, came home in the morning. Me and my older brother were asleep. She came home and the whole house smelled like gas. Well, my little brother apparently wasn't sleepy like us, uh, took a chair, climbed on a chair and turned on the gas pilots. You guessed it, the gas pilots. And we had to air out the house for like a few hours. My mom, if my mom, my mom didn't smoke cigarettes. She have, she may have or may have not uh, messed around with the uh, with the devil's lettuce, you know that good ganja or whatever. But it's not like she. As soon as she would come in the door, she would spark one up. But if she would have um, lit something, that whole goddamn apartment building would have would have just went up. So I escaped death that time. It was another time where I was sleeping in my room, taking a nap, and my little brother was on top of me with a knife. At, at this point, I'm asking my mom, where did this little nigga come from? Because, you know, the first time he tried to blow me up, the second time a nigga tried to stab me in the back, I'm, I, I'm a little concerned now. <laughs> like, who's watching this little nigga? <laughs> apparently, apparently nobody. Um, so yeah, I remember, I remember getting put on, um, now I will say this. I was never really official. I wasn't a, from an official gang, but I was from like a clique that was supposed to lead up to the whole gang shit. Um, and I remember got, I remember getting put on and I remember putting cats on. I remember we had to fight this young nigga from BPS. BPS is a blood gang. Uh, a lot of cats from Chicago should know what BPS is. Black P stones. And uh it was a lot of cash from twenties, rolling twenties. And I remember that his his name was Boo. And I think he was like maybe about 17, 16, 17 at the time. But he's one of them little badass niggas. And, and I was younger than him. You know what I'm saying? I was in middle school while he was in high school, but when he came around, the nigga always used to pick on us. And um I remember you know, the nigga stayed picking on me, man. He, he stayed picking on me. He was he wasn't a big cat. He was real skinny or whatever, but he was just one of them annoying little niggas. One of them little niggas that would do anything. You know what I'm saying? Badass little niggas. And I remember one time he pissed me off so bad. Uh me and the homie jumped that nigga. We jumped that nigga in front of my apartment building. Yeah, I remember that. That same apartment building, um, I remember my brother. My brother escaped death a few times while I was around. One time he was smoking. Him and his friends was in the car. It was two girls and him and his homeboy. They were smoking in the car with these two girls. And the, the, the reason why, and he told me this, he said the reason how they found out this particular situation happened is because the nigga that was, the nigga that was there stopped it from happening. But, they were smoking in the car, and I think someone got shot. Someone got shot earlier that week or something like that. You know, the gang culture, retaliation. They came back 
and they surrounded the car that my brother was in. My brother never, never banged. My older brother never banged. And he wasn't even from that part of L.A. He was, he was born and like raised in Linwood. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole totally different. That's further back east, but in like in a different city or whatever. And, you know, his friends was around like Crips and stuff like that. But this particular place where we moved to is a blood area. And we had friends that was bloods and they was cool and they were smoking in the car and they were surrounded in the car and they didn't know. And they was going to shoot that car up or whatever. But the reason why it didn't go down because the nigga that that orchestrated the whole thing got a call about the nigga who really did it. And then they pulled away. And uh, later on, I guess one of the dudes. Uh, knew my brother homeboy and told him like, yeah, we had you niggas surrounded or whatever, and we was gonna light that bitch up. So he skipped that that time. The second time, yo, I'm in the bathtub, right? Rubber dub dubbing. This is when I was, I, my mom wouldn't let me take a shower. I was, you know, running the bath water in that joint. Had the bubbles, had my little action figures and shit like that going away. It was like Royal Rumble with the suds. You know what I'm saying? Anyhow, um, I get out, I'm getting out of the tub and all I hear is pop, 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 pop. Right. And so I get down, you know, the, the first thing we do is get down and I get up cause I hear it stop. And then I go to the door and my mom tried to pull me back or whatever, but I just seen like these bodies just fly by. We had a screen door. You know what I'm saying? One of those country screen doors or whatever. We stayed in apartment buildings and and it was like a, the the apartment, would you say, the driveway divided the other apartment across from us. But it was the length of a of a uh, regular drive uh, driveway. You know what I'm saying? And you could park your cars in the back. But it was a long ass. I would say it was, I would say it was about maybe about mm, about 30 feet. You can drive 30 feet and then park in the back to the left or the right. So my brothers was in the front of the parking building and some cats roll up on them and it was a gate. It was a, it, we had a gate and this was, uh, the gate was closed at the time and they let off my, my brother bear crawled all the way to the back and he went in the back and then my, his homeboy, his homeboy Kai Hill, he did bang. He ran into the the neighbor's house. It was some essays. He ran in the neighbor's house all the way in their closet. He got shot in the leg, but he didn't know until he came out because someone had blurted out something. Then the shit started burning. Um, and then next the next day going to school, I look at the gate. That shit was lit up. I'm talking about it was bullets everywhere. And then from then on... I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was the apartment manager. I don't know if it was the city. I'm not sure who it was, but we had a security guard. We had a security guard and they would like lock the gate at night. So, and the security guard was an asshole too. And that, in that apartment building, we stayed upstairs and downstairs. Damn, we stayed in two different places. That was crazy. Um, I mean, two different apartments in the same apartment. And then um, I remember... Fast forward into fast forward into high school, I was a part of a hostage situation, and I had a homeboy that went to Crenshaw, 
And I went to Fremont. Fremont was about two, three blocks away from where I stayed. And my homeboy went to Crenshaw, which was on the west side, which was off of Crenshaw. I think it was like off of Crenshaw on 50-something or whatever. I stayed off of 80th between Maine and San Pedro. And just to give y'all an idea how far that is, like to drive from my house to Crenshaw, that's about, that's probably about 20, maybe 20, 25 minute drive. I guess, you know, you got, you, you can get on the freeway or you can stay, you can take the street or you can just get on the freeway. Um, I think that's with, I think that's without traffic. I think maybe with traffic a little bit. Um, but he used to get bus to school. Anyhow, me and him used to share a closet. You know what I'm saying? That nigga used to have some dope, some dope gear. That's what we used to call it. You know, the, 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 niggas know back in the day we used to say gear. Niggas had gear. <laughs> So he had he had some dope gear. I had dope gear. Um and so me and this nigga used to like share closets or whatever. Sometimes I used to take clothes back down to his house in the morning or the night before. He would do the same thing, vice versa. But every morning I would go to his house first, get a quick game of uh what we used to play, 2K. We used to play 2K and um that nigga would walk to the bus stop and then I would go to class because that nigga would catch the bus in front of my school. The 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 kids that stayed on the east side that went to Crenshaw had to catch the bus in front of our school or whatever. So this particular this particular morning was crazy. So this particular morning, I kept seeing two niggas by his gate. So usually like no one is there. You know, it's early in the morning. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And you know, nine times nine times out of ten, I'm walking through his gate, ain't nobody there. Go in there, play the video game for a minute, then go to my other homeboy Steve house, who stayed on the corner, and then him, his younger brother, and his older sister, we will all walk to school. So this particular morning I see two niggas out there. One was at the gate, and then like one was like down the street. Didn't think nothing of it. Never seen these niggas before. And uh we chilling. I walk out or whatever, and the other nigga, the, it was one nigga that was still there. So I started walking to my boy Steve's house, and um, uh, we we go inside the house, and we waiting on his younger brother. His younger brother was taking a bath. Everybody dressed. We ready to go. We wait on this slow-ass nigga. Next thing you know, next thing you know, there's a knock at the door. So we're about to walk out. We said, look, we about to leave the younger brother because this nigga was taking too long. He was taking too long to come out of the bathtub and get dressed. So we was like, we'll just meet you up at the crib. I mean, at the school. So we about to walk out the door. First, I think it was, I, I think it was either my homeboy or his sister. As soon as they opened the door, someone put a gun to their head and told them to back up. Now, the shit that they was blurting out confused us all because they was like, Call for backup, call for backup. I need everybody in the kitchen. I need everybody on the floor. So, you know, I'm like, yo, this is the police. So the police is coming to raid this nigga house. This is what I'm thinking. So I'm not that scared or whatever. Everything was happening so fast that I I can just hear what they were saying, but I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't looking. So I just said, all right, this nigga got a gun to the homie head. I'm about to go in the kitchen like them niggas said because I follow directions. So I go to the kitchen 
or whatever, and we all go to the kitchen, his step pops or whatever. We all go to the, and his step pops and his mom go to the uh, kitchen with us. We all sitting on the kitchen floor, right? This nigga calling for backup through a broke walkie talkie. Now I'm not even, I didn't pick up everything until after everything happened. Anyhow, uh, the two niggas that was on lookout, they was looking out to see, they knew our rotation. Like, I mean, they, they, they knew our, um, what do you call it? They knew our, they basically knew our schedule. And so they've been watching us, even though my homeboy that went to Crenshaw had nothing to do with it. They knew I was going to his house first. They probably didn't know where I stayed, but they knew I was coming off that block and they knew I was crossing the street going to his house and they knew I was going to my boy Steve's house. Anyhow, I'm sitting on the floor. Like at this point, I'm like, shit, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm nervous a little bit. And the niggas, you know, I'm thinking they undercover cops because it's two of them. So they go in there and they take something that they think, you know, they 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 basically robbed the house. They robbed the house. Um, allegedly, they got away with a, a couple of, you know, some minor shit. But anyhow, they kept calling for backup. Yo, my nigga, backup never came. Backup never came. And so... These niggas got they they got away with like two pillowcases or whatever. But before they finished, one of the niggas put the gun, one of the niggas put their gun on the counter right next to my head. That split second, I said, "You could try to be a hero, or you could sit here and let that shit play out." I definitely let that shit play out. <laughs> I was not about to be a hero that day because when I realized them niggas was getting robbed, that's when I was like, "Oh shit." So we all on the floor. The little brother get out doing a robbery with a towel on. They make this nigga sit down. So they run out the crib. They run out the crib with their uh, with the pillowcases or whatever. They didn't get away with much. And um, yeah, that was the first time I was in a hostage situation. You know what I'm saying? I got to school late, but I had a note. You know what I'm saying from the <laughs> from the police from the police. Uh, God bless my mama. May she rest in peace. I never told her. I never told her. Cause I knew if I would have told her, she said she would have told me never to go back to Steve's house or whatever. But, uh, I never told her. I didn't at all. Um, what else? So my boy, Steve, uh, he later on, he told me what happened. You know, basically one of the gangs over there in the area has been watching them niggas for months. And they robbed his stop. They robbed his step pops. You know what I'm saying? Step pops was had a candy house for kids and adults, and uh, they got away with like, you know, chump change or whatever. But uh, yeah, that shit was crazy. And not only that, I want to say like maybe I, I'm not sure uh, how far apart this was, but I remember my boy Steve was walking home early, and uh. You know, some bloods was following him. And that nigga, I remember he said I was racing home because he didn't stay far away. Like I said, I stayed I stayed two, three blocks away and he stayed two, three blocks away, too. But on the same street as the high school. So he was on the he was on the same street as the high school, but like three blocks down. I was on I was off the, uh, the street of the high school three blocks down. And so they chased the nigga home. And remember the homeboy I told you that's, that went to Crenshaw, his house 
is closer to the school. So he tried to run to his house and he didn't make it. Like they chased him through the alley or whatever. Uh, a car cut him off. He jumped over the hood or whatever. But by that time they caught him, they hit him with a brick and then they jumped him. And then, um, yeah, that nigga started coming to school with a knife. Nobody, he didn't, he never got caught either. But his step pops that, that stayed with him. Um, no, no, no. I, I take that back. He was out for a while, but my homeboy that went to Crenshaw, um, they jumped, they, he got jumped on the bus. And from there on, he had to take a knife with him to school, to Crenshaw, because he had to worry about the niggas that was, uh, that used to stand in front of my school or across the street at the laundromat or whatever on his, on his way to Crenshaw and get on the bus. You know, he had got into it with some niggas. So his dad pops, I gave him a knife and, um, no. As for me, I never got jumped. I never got jumped. It was a couple of times where I left um, I left school early. I used to leave school early all the time. Look, my mom, I love her, and she was a very smart woman, but my lie game was crazy because um, I used to leave fifth and sixth period, and I used to go home just before practice. I did not miss practice. I may have ditched fifth and sixth period, but I did not ditch practice because I was scared of them goddamn coaches. But I used to go home early because my mom, she didn't go to work until like a little bit after that, uh, after I got out of school. And I would never I would never see her leave because after school, you would go right into practice. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't get home from practice until about maybe five o'clock, five o'clock, sometimes six o'clock. And school was out at three oh six, you know, so. Um, I wouldn't see my mom until the next morning or when she got home at like 11 or 12. So, yeah, it was one time where I tried I tried to go home early and then some niggas at it was some blood at the back uh, back door and they asked me to come open it. Nah, nigga, not me. <laughs> not me. I took my ass back to class that day. Uh, let's see. What's another one? What's another one? Uh, I got a lot of them, actually. Where can I choose? Oh, so I can tell you about the night. This probably be the one that I end with uh, for volume one. Uh, we was all it was high school. We was going to a high school party. I think it might have been any, may have been eleventh grade. I think it was the eleventh grade. Eleventh grade. We was going to a party, and uh, the party was uh, the party was about twenty to twenty five blocks away from where we was at. So. None of us had a car. None of us had a ride, but we all wanted to go to that party. It was a regular house party. We were definitely trying to get to that joint. Nobody could come pick us up because we all goddamn high school kids and we didn't have no goddamn car. The only niggas that had cars was like them, them, uh, them weird niggas who, who was trying to be cool had cars, but none of the hood niggas had cars or whatever. So we, um, we has we started walking from eighty from eighty third. Now the the party was off of a hundred. The party was off a hundred and what a hundred and seventh. I think I think the party was like a, off a hundred and seventh and Broadway. We was on eighty third and Broadway, and we walked to ninety ninety first and Broadway, right by my barber shop, which is next to a burger joint, and it was a payphone. So we hit the payphone up to call the girl who was throwing the party. 
And to let her know, like, is there anybody there that can come pick us up? We'll do this, we'll do that. So we made the phone call. She was like, look, I can have somebody come pick y'all up. Y'all just had to go back to the apartment that y'all was at. So we was like, cool. We hung up or whatever. And out of nowhere, the homeboy said, I didn't see it. Nobody else seen it but him. He said it was a dude that poked a gun around a corner and he started letting off. So he started letting off. We started running. It was it was four of us. It was me, my boy Dobby. He in a group chat. His cousin and his dude named Ramon. Ramon was like 6'5", like 250. Big ass nigga. I was about to fight that nigga one day too. He cool though. Uh, it was us four and we was all trying to get to the party. Next thing you know, pop, 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 pop. We start running. I remember what I had on too. I had on the uh I on the black old navy sweater with some uh with some black with some black Eddie Bauer jeans and some black and red, some black and red Reebok classics or whatever. I thought it was dope. I thought I was killing the game. And um we started taking off. It, um, the dude who started shooting, the nigga didn't have no aim. He shot one of the oncoming cars uh, because Broadway is a is a uh, is a main street. He shot one of the cars. The cars went and crashed into like the a fence or whatever, and it cut off his cousin. And I'm like, yo, this nigga is dead. We got to keep going though. I'm running so fast. My shoes wasn't tied like the way my the way my shoes was laced up. It wasn't you know, I didn't tie them. They was hanging off the side. Right. Not dragging on the ground, but, like, you know, it was hanging off the side. So my foot kept slipping in and out. Then my shoes fell off. My nigga, I was running so fast, like it was lights coming up. And I'm like, yo, I might have to like leave these shoes. But I was like, no, nah, I just bought these. So I went back and got the shoes, started running, well, you know, in my socks. And we get all the way to my boy, um, to my boy apartment or whatever. And we look back and we see his cousin pulling up the rear. That nigga didn't get shot. And we get into the living room, my nigga. We taking all our clothes off, patting each other, see if we got shot or whatever. We call and we're like, look, we just got shot at. What are y'all, y'all still coming to pick us up? <laughs> we get to the party. We get to the party, man. We party for a while. Then we go home, man. And yeah, that's that's L.A. right there, man. That's L.A. So that's volume one. Um, I have come up with a title and I'm going to call it um, unmasking. Uh, I'm going to call it unmasking the um, the decades of L.A. That's what I'm going to call it. And so that's volume one. And um you know, a few episodes down the line, I'll hit y'all up with volume two. Hopefully I can get some of my friends that could validate these stories or come up with their uh, own experiences. They can share their own experiences as well. So again, it's your boy BTG, BTG for president. If you got any questions, concerns, if you want to send some donations, if you want to uh, <laughs> send a GoFundMe, uh, some, some change so I can go to therapy for this bullshit. Call my hotline, 909-536-2636. Or you can just send me an email or go on the website, baileythegreat.com. Show your boy some love. Go on there, get some merch. And that's it, man. We out.